What's going on, everybody? If you're looking for a film to watch with the family this weekend, check out Sincerely Brenda. You can go to Amazon Prime Video and search Sincerely Brenda. It's a great story about forgiveness and redemption. Also, check out my series on Amazon Prime called I Vow. It's a story about four different couples. It's actually an anthology series about four different couples going through the challenging but beautiful journey of marriage. Check those out. Both projects, Sincerely Brenda and Ival on Amazon Prime. All right, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to Life Beyond the Lift. And now your house, my daddy, Kenneth Nelson. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Lens. I'm your host, Ken Nelson. And on today's podcast, look, hold on. Let me let me just say, you know, I know this is a podcast about film, but um, really, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a podcast about artists, man, artists of all kind. And I got a brother on today, man. We go back to college, back to Michigan State. Um, yes. Chad, Wick, Niles, Phillips, man. What's going on, bro? All is good. All is good. Before we even get started, I just want to congratulate you, Kenneth, on everything that you've been able to accomplish in your career. Seeing you at Michigan State, you always had a camera in your hand. And you was always involved with different projects. So this is inevitable. So thanks for having me. It's an honor, brother. Oh, man, man. It's an honor having you on, bro. Like, man, look, I, we were talking the other day, and this is before I get started. Like, those who don't know who Chad is, he's a musician, amazing man, musician, lyricist. Chad, man, I remember we would be at Michigan State, and I didn't know who you was at first, but I would see you around a lot, man. And you would always, always be rapping, man. Like, and then you would be at, we would have some events. We would go to events. You didn't care, man. You would get up and just start flowing. You didn't care. You always had a pad, a notepad. You was always writing. You was always perfecting your craft, man. That's what I saw, man. When I saw you, you just always, always perfecting the craft and and practicing and practicing it. Yeah, bro. So. That, and that gave me, you know what I'm saying, that inspired me for what for what I was doing. Because I'm like, you know, if I'm going to get better at this, I got to keep doing it. I got to, you know, sure. eat, sleep, and breathe it, man. And so I appreciate you, yes. man. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you, man. I mean, you always had the camera in your hand. I always had a pen and pad in my hand. You know, yep. and I was always focused on just becoming better, the best that I could be. And being an artist, you know, being a, a connoisseur and historian of hip-hop, it's always about emulating the ones who came before you creating the pathway for the ones that come after you. And so even in college, I was like on that trajectory. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. So now nah, let's talk about, man, we got a lot to dig into, man. I know you got some new music out right now. We're going to see a snippet yeah. of your, um, of your, um, your single. It is called reassure my soul. Yes. Correct. Yep. My soul. And, yeah. but it's a part of the, your, your full album is called to remain. Correct. To remain. Yes. Yep. And mm-hmm. so we're going to talk about these and we're going to show a snippet of the, of the video in a second, but, um, yes, First, man, just tell the people, man, who's who's Niles, man? Like, if you go back, like, you were born and raised in Lansing, um, yes. you know, and, and just, just talk about, like, were you always into music, bro? Yeah, I mean, from as long as I could remember. I remember when I was in elementary school, like, third grade, when Criss Cross was out, and when um, For Always by Atlantic Star, just hearing different genres of music it really just just hit me you know Chris Cross had us wearing our clothes backwards I know some of y'all had your clothes on backwards too when Chris Cross was out <laughs> man I got a funny story about Chris Cross in a second though right 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 so they um, came to my middle school man that's a whole Chris, that's a whole other interview right it, there look they and we would all the all the all the boys all the dudes this was like 
I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's this. It yeah. was like sixth grade, and they came, and I went to uh, I, you you're not from Detroit, so you what? It's it's called Spain, Spain Middle School, and they came and performed. Mm-hmm. All the dudes we hated on them, like we didn't even go to the performance. We wow. all boycotted all the dudes because all the girls was crazy about crisscrossing. So exactly. all the like, boys nah, like nah. Man, we we good. We, we, <laughs> while wearing our clothes backwards. Right, right, right. <laughs> But yeah, man, so crisscross um, Atlantic star, go ahead, bro. Yeah, just, and then, you know, when I started getting more into it as I got older, it was like Lords of the Underground, and, you know, then Tribe Called Quest, and yeah. then Nas, and then Jay, and so on and so forth. So, but my older brother, Segrin, he was on the music scene at like 12 years old back in Lansing. Um, it was this shoe company called Home Team that came out with the song that he made the theme song, the jingle for it, like 12, 13. And it was on the radio, 96.5, like early. So in the household, I had so much inspiration. And he used to play music on these turntables. And he had this um, tape called the East Coast Mixtape. Remember when we used to dub tapes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yep. tapes, yep. two radios in front of each other. Yep. You know, put the tissue inside of the tape. Yep. That yep. old memory. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, and then just, you know, walking down the abs, seeing graffiti on the walls with the, with the metallic shiny elements to it and so seeing all these different elements of hip-hop and then just relating with what these artists were were talking about like when juice came out so right now i'm talking about my childhood you know juice just struck me and that's been my favorite movie since then the the, um turntable scene with q you know queen latifah and so all of that just hit me and i just always loved music from then on and you have that man you have all those elements in your sound, like the old, like the hip hop, like that, the, the, the beginnings, you know what I'm saying? That feel that yeah. the, the spirit of it, man, you have that in your sounds and you kind of always like had that. Even when I heard you flow at Michigan state, like you were just, I mean, in your lyricism and just like what you were talking about, like some deep stuff and like, just so talk about you, like you mentioned influences, but when did you, when did you say, okay, let me jump in this thing and actually see what I got. When I was 16 years old. So, and I tell my students now, if you're able to memorize music super fast, that's an indicator of you becoming an artist. It's almost like Mm -hmm. somebody who has a natural ability for athletics or natural ability for uh, gymnastics or visual art early. So I was able to memorize songs super fast. And my older brother was doing it. And sometimes I'd like flow to myself, but I keep it to myself because I was like, I don't know how people are going to think. So, my brother moved down south to Atlanta. He started working with Too Short, doing production for him. Wow. And so I wrote my first rhyme, and I spit it to him. And I thought it was, you know, it's your first one. So you're like, eh. And then he was like, nah, man, you got potential, man. I got a little delivery to it. Keep going, right? And I was like, nah, I'm cool. And then uh, Cannabis. Oh, this yeah, when Cannabis yeah. first, when he first <laughs> hit the scene, when everybody was just, like, floored, when he was coming out with those mixtapes. Mm-hmm. Before, yeah, so... When I heard him on the song called Uniform off of the Rhyme and Reason soundtrack, I was like, I, I want to do this. I want to do this, you know. Wow. So, um, yeah, shout outs to Cannabis. I always remember that moment. And everybody who's in hip hop understand what I'm talking about when he first hit the scene. It, it inspires so many people, you know. But then as time went on, you know, Nas, Common, Andre 3000, Goody Mob, uh, Outkast, MOP, Mob D, like all of it started yeah. just pouring in and um and then i was like okay i really want to do this now so i started taking it serious and what was your first performance so yeah so i was gonna ask you what was your first like you just you started with freestyling 
just yeah, three songs holy. Okay. Favorite high school, man. Like, to this day, people still bring up lines to me. <laughs> it's like oh, 20 wow. years later. Oh man, battling. I, I've won a lot of freestyle battles um, in Lansing and Detroit. And Detroit was always like a mecca to me, you mm -hmm. know. So anytime when I go out there and get that for my skills, man, I felt so good just because. You know, Eminem, Royce Five Nine, Slum Village, Jay Dilla, even to the soul scene, Dwelle, Afro Ben. Man, Dwelle. Yeah, it was always a respect for the D. So um, when I started getting respect out there and like in Flint, you know, in Grand wow. Rapids, when I, it was like, okay, I really, I can really do this. So, so, so you, so, so around that time when you were coming up, so you, were you like going to like Detroit? Were you going to those events like? Where where St. you would see yeah. yeah, St. Andrews, yeah. So I was I was in a battle. Um it was a spot, I forgot the name of the restaurant, on Seven Mile and Van Dyke. Right. Ooh. Yeah, it was in the hood. Yeah. I know definitely in the, I'm in trying the to picture it, but I can't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um so yeah, actually my homie was in the battle and I was going there to just show support. You know, and I'm in a cut. I'm an MC, but I'm just in a cut watching. And then somebody didn't, didn't show up. <laughs> So I entered the battle and ended up winning that. Oh, I was wow. To just watch it. So the finals was at uh, St. Andrews on the main stage, and it was hosted by um, Big Tigger, you know? Okay. And yeah. I made it to the final round against uh, an artist named Killer Khan. Shout out to Killer Khan out in Detroit. Um, but yeah, so he ended up winning. But just being in that battle and just being a kid for I was the youngest in it. So just to make How it to the finals you? next to Big Tigger, I was like 17, 17, okay. 18. Okay. Everybody else is like 24. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, that. Um, a couple other events I performed at. This is producer named Ironic Lee in the D who I, I rock with out in Detroit. And then just visiting Detroit all the time. I went to the River Rock before on a fake yeah. with a fake idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those two long lines, you know? Man. Um, so yeah, it's some, some history there. Shout out to Finale. And uh, just the whole Detroit, man, and and now it's even yeah, yeah. even more love. Yeah, yeah. Being part of the the Dilla Day events. Um, oh, you were talking about that day. on the phone. Yeah, you were doing. You said you were. They flew you out for for some yeah, events. They, and you, yeah, Jay Dilla's mother flew me out to um, wow. do a presentation about my youth program. Speak on a panel about Jay Dilla with Super MC from the legendary Almighty Dreadnoughts in Detroit. And um, but the year before that, I performed at the Dilla Detroit event. That was in Detroit as well, and we have the Dilla Day Foundation here in Minneapolis. We, we bring out Jay Dilla's mom, so man. Oh, man. So so talk about because because I'm seeing you now. Like I said, we we go back, and like yeah. I, like I said, I was watching you, um, at Michigan State, and then you know we graduated, and for a while there, you kind of like disappeared. I know you moved out to yeah. Um, you, I think you went to New York, right? Yes. Yep. And then, so, and it was a period where you, you, you were assigned to, um, Koch Records. Koch Records, yeah, yep, major label. And I remember that. And then, so I'm, I'm going somewhere with it. I want, I want to talk about like kind of the, yeah. the transition years because again, you like when you kind of disappeared and then you surfaced again and you're in Minneapolis and you're teaching and, and then I'm seeing you doing all like performing and now you like. You 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 with like um, some of your icons that you looked up to. I see you in pictures with them and talking to them. And so I start. I begin to see this explosion probably over the last three years or so. And yeah, and you know, and so I'm like, oh man, yeah, Chad, man, he's stuck with. So that again, like 
you stuck with it. And there were some those times, and like why, why I started this podcast because this is the stuff I want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, where people mm-hmm. see all the successes and and all the stuff on social media and everything, but they don't see the stuff, the grind, and the hard work, and the things, and the tears, and, yeah, and all that story. stuff that went into the story that went into it. And so, talk yeah. about that, man. Like, I, I don't know, you got a story too, but even before, like you, you left Lansing. I know we talked about that back in Michigan State. You, you talk about your mom's, like she passed when you were you were younger, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And and I know that had an effect on you. Obviously, of course, you know that's gonna have an effect on yeah. you and your mom. So, I man, just just talk yeah. a little bit about man, just the journey, man, to this point. So, yeah, so, like, my whole life is a golden testimony, you know? And my thing is, if you reach the destination, then it was all worth it, you know? So, um, where can I start? Coming up, you know, there were times of of roughness, you know, being homeless, uh, sleeping in hotels, motels, the basements of churches, waiting in the line, you know that rescue mission downtown Lansing? Yeah. The Jesus Saves. Yeah. Right, right there, yeah. right across the street from Lugnut Stadium. Yeah. That yeah. shelter, man, we was we was there for like a couple of years from when wow. I was like fifth grade to seventh grade. Wow. You know? I went to eleven different schools right when I thought that I wouldn't go to another school and it was my senior year, I moved out of state to Minnesota. You know, and um you know, my mom was a strong woman. You know, um, on the flip side, it was different situations that would come up, you know, that would, um, you know, have her in jail uh, as we came up. So there was times when I visited my mom while she was in jail, you know. Um, And so I always wanted to make her proud. That's why I always was like, okay, I cannot be over here where these fights are happening. You know, I can't be over here where it's negative activity. I gotta just stay on the straight and narrow. But at the same time, you're like, will I survive to make it to college when you're going through all these different things? You gotta stay, you gotta move a certain way, you know? Cause out of nowhere, anything can happen. And mm-hmm. I always felt that. I always felt like, okay, I gotta make a decision. Cause I'd be the one who'd be at the events, the parties where like someone would get jumped, but I wouldn't partake in it, you know? Uh, cats would be drinking and smoking, but I wouldn't be the one who partakes in it. So it'll always be things like outside of who I am, but I'll be around it. And I was like, look, man, if you're trying to go somewhere in life, you know you're not of this stuff. It's mm. just the environment mm-hmm. you're in. That you got to make a decision, you know? And I knew that something was special about me early. I knew I was different because just certain things that a lot of people was into, I just wasn't into, you mm-hmm. know? But, and I know you could probably relate with this, you know, coming from where you're from, you know, being the person who tries to do the right thing, that's not the popular thing. Right, you know? right. Uh, if you talk a little more proper yep. in the hood, that, that's yep. not, you know, um, or if you're a little different from the pack, you yep. know what I'm talking about. I know, exactly, man. Know? People didn't ever, people <laughs> never believed I grew up on the east side of Detroit. Like, I, would, like I came to Michigan saying. State, and they'd be like, where are you from? Oh, Detroit. Oh, you from, like, the suburb? No, I'm from the east side. You don't, you don't, exactly. like, and some of the white folks, the white people would be like, it was white and black people. White people would be like, oh, you don't yeah. see, I don't seem like what? You know, I always say that. Oh, no, 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 I don't mean like, and, and yeah. I would always mess with them. Black folks would be like, you don't see, like, you kind of like, and, yeah. And, and we represent the people who come from, you know, those situations and hard right. times, but that doesn't reflect what the um, the outcome is, you yeah. know? 
And yeah. I always tell people, like, you have doctors that come from the, the hood. You know, you yeah. have philanthropists, zoologists, you know, and some of the most creative people. But did that bother you a little bit, though? Humble... I'm sorry, did that bother you? Because sometimes it would get to me. Because... About, yeah, it would. Yeah. And, like, and like, I was like, like Kendrick Lamar's album, Good Kid, Mad City, you know, like... Mm -hmm. I was up on everything, but I was like, nah. And the thing that would bother me is you're still young. You know, yeah. you want to do what the other people are doing, but yeah. you know you're different too. Yeah. And you know you may be the one who becomes the victim since you know better. It's usually the one who knows better who's out there who, who becomes caught up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I had to learn all those, like, jewels of life fast. That's why hip-hop was so important to me, man, because... You know, Nas would be dropping all types of jewels that had to do with the situations I was in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just the music that you can look up to because nobody around you, you know. But then on the flip side, man, it was love, too. You know, like when you do get good grades, you're able to go to different programmers like King Chavez Parks, yeah. which was a program. KCP, everybody know KCP back in Michigan, where they send you out to colleges you're from the hood, but you're out in colleges looking at opportunities and possibilities. Then you go back with that inspiration. But then it's yeah. like when you go back, it's back to reality. Yeah. So yeah. I just had to make a decision to, you know, um, stay out the way, keep my grades up, say no to a lot of things. And uh, when the smoke cleared, I was at Michigan State University. And um, I just want to thank my mom. Because to be honest, without her, I wouldn't even went to college. Wow. We didn't have enough money for me to yeah. go. And I was just moving back from Minnesota. You know, and she was calling up Michigan State all day, every single day. So, you know, the cat program. At State. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so everybody out there don't know cat. That's where, yep. you know, the kids who don't have enough, but they let us in and you have to have a certain you have to maintain a certain. Yep, I was in cat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I knew about cat. I was a little yep. underachiever yep. in high school. I, you know, it was funny. I, I mean, I was in theater, man. I was I was an artist. I'm like, I don't need these classes. Yep. I just did enough to like get right. by but yeah. then you know i had to but i so got in the cap man freshman year i was on probation came in fresh year and i you know yep so i made it happen and to be honest after my sophomore year we didn't have enough to bring me back so i met my father right before this is what's so bugged out i met my dad right before i hit college right i only knew he was a musician my mom never told me like the full school oh wow i found out that my father is a juilliard grad there's a picture of my dad playing with Thelonious Monk, gigging with him, like 1952. Thelonious Monk himself is on the keys. My dad's on the bass. My dad is the longest tenured African-American out of a symphony orchestra. So 48 years in the Colorado Symphony Orchestra, upright basement, had a school of music, got his doctorate. My first time seeing him was in this uh, jazz history book called Notes and Tones. You know the jazz section? at Michigan State University upstairs in the library, like the music section, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. And my dad, you know, he had paper, you know? So uh, he was like, if I pay for you to get back in, you gotta finish. Cause during that time, everybody was telling me, yo, you should drop out, you know? So how did, the wait, so was there, everybody. How did you, how did you, you know? like, how did, did you just, was this just like, you were just in the room, he was there too, and how, or did you know? No, not at all. I'm like, okay, how, so you knew. No, my mom just hit him up out of nowhere. You know, okay. when he found out I was his son, he was paying child support. Okay. But it was just a check though. Right. We talked on the phone like once, you know what I'm saying? So then when I went to college, she called him up and we, it was almost like, I didn't know. She was like, someone wants to talk okay. to you. 
Okay. But it, in the beginning, it wasn't like rosy, you know, because mm. I didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to say. Right. But as time, and we were so alike, and as time went on, we started opening up more. Then I found out I'm half Caribbean. My dad's from Barbados. Wow. Um, sophomore year, I went to New York City to meet my family on his side. And that reminded me, remember on Antoine Fisher? Yeah. When he went back to find <laughs> yeah. his family? Yep. yep. And remember when they opened the they door? They opened that door? So yeah. Oh, man. They heard about him? Wow. Like, like so all those people, because my dad is like the famous one, the, you know, the, the one with notoriety in the whole family, you mm -hmm. know? So they heard that he had a son that they never met, that they heard about for all these years. So they opened that door. It wow. was, man, I can't even explain it, man. It wow. was, it was, yeah, man. So I found out a lot about myself. And then it's like, I was always like, God is my dad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't need to know who my dad is if I never meet him, you know, because I'm here. Mm -hmm. I might as well just walk it out. Yeah. But when yeah. I met him and we started talking, there were certain voids I didn't even know I had. Wow. There were certain uh, apprehensions and anxieties, and, you know, that I don't even know I, that came from me not knowing them, you know? So when we started talking more, those cracks started filling in, and it actually boosted me as a man. Just hearing your father's voice is just yeah. like, wow. And then yeah. everything he was able to do, and but we had our back and forth too. You know, mm -hmm. those questions came as far as, you know, the where were yous and all that stuff. Right. That right. just, no matter how cool you try to act, you just leave. You, yeah. So, yeah. One way or another, it's going to come out, you yeah. know? But, um, no, man. Honor thy father, thy mother. And um, that that's how I've always looked at it as. But, nah, I want to give uh, all of the love to my mom. She's been through so much. And um, without her, I'm not who I am at all, period. Period, man. So, man. Love it, you, Loretta Sue, you know? Man, and it's crazy to hear you talk about like how you moved, how you had to move, you know, because at Michigan State, knowing you, like, see, like, so, like I said, we knew each other, we would talk to each other when we saw each other, but Chad, I would see you, like, sometime I would look, and, and and like now hearing you explain your background, I understand how you how you moved to Michigan State. It's like you were really just like, how do I say it? You, you were kind of like. Just this energy that would come in and you would go, you'll be there and you would leave out. You would never like I, you. I never really saw you like stick and stay in a place for too long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And really stay there. It was always there. like a like a mystique. Yeah. We'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah you cool, dude. You, you about to always flow. Yeah. But then like you would just would be there. You'd be gone. I would see you show up. But you flow. You would do talk. We would, you know, we would be talking, whatever. Then be gone. And so I, I was like, but it right. never it was never like. And something I'm like, why ain't he doing? It was just like, oh, okay, cool. But now yeah. hearing you talk about it, I'm like, oh, but that's yeah. just how you were like, you just were used to that. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you were honest, used to that. To be honest, man, um, you know the way that I came up, and I got seven siblings, so we all. Are oh different. dang! Wow. Yeah, I got seven siblings, seven. Yeah, and people thought I was the only child. By the yeah, way, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way. Yeah, but you know, just when it comes down to people and how people interact and letting people in your inner circle i was always like you have to be 100 percent thorough yeah for me to bring you into my life because yeah. there's so much I already went through yeah you know? yeah so that's why i was always like solo i'd be cool with people but you know i wouldn't you know get so, don't get too close yeah yeah no man yeah, so yeah that's that's just that's just how it was man yep. yeah talk about 
So you, you leave Michigan State, you graduate, you move out to New yeah. York. That period where you got with Coach Re- Koch Records, man, um, where were you at? Like, so, talk about that. I mean, so just the type of background I have, I always was like, you know, will I make it? I always would think that, like, because it was so much in the way. And I always had to do a lot on my own, you know? It was mm-hmm. just like, will I even make it to that, you know? And that would create anxiety. Yeah. So it's like, you want to be successful, but will it happen? So when you actually go through that tunnel, it's like, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was a late bloomer with driving because of that. Because it's like, if I drive, what will happen? Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. I fly, what will happen? Yep. So it's opportunities even before moving to New York that I bypassed. Mm-hmm. So it was always this what if, and the question mark got bigger and bigger. And this is what nobody knew, you know? I, nobody knew that, but that's wow. what I was going through. Wow. So um, when I moved in, and I knew just from the from the successes, the minor successes I had being younger as an artist, I knew it was gonna come to a head. Cause at State and Lansing, everybody was like, yo, like you gonna do it. Yeah, everybody yeah, I like, remember, yeah. Blow. Yeah, so. So the question mark got big. So when I moved to New York, Kenneth, my heart was pounding, bro. Like I wanted to do it, but I didn't. Cause it was like, I was facing every anxiety, you know? And I had a friend named uh, Jeff, who I met out here mm-hmm. when I was hooping, it would be parties and you know, I was a homie. So Jeff moved out there when I went to MSU. Then after MSU was over, he was already on Wall Street, mm-hmm. getting bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here I am broke, you know? headed to New York with just enough for like a couple months rent. But we always talked about living in New York, even when we was in, in high school. So he's already on Wall Street. He wanted to, in New York, the closer you are to Manhattan, the more you have to pay. Yep. The further yeah. you are, the more you're in the rural areas, the cheaper it is. So yeah. he wanted to move to Queens and I said, bet, let's go. I got on a Greyhound, my heart almost came out my chest, bro. You know, cause you're going from the frying pan into the fire and I have to face myself yeah i knew it was going to be an inevitable decision because i knew when i went out there i was going to do my thing i just mm. i just knew i had that lying in me but on the flip so anyway i'm on a greyhound and i had just like an anxiety attack like oh my gosh man i'm going to new york wow <laughs> like <laughs> so i get off the greyhound bus the, the cab takes me to corona queens and we was roommates in a two-bedroom apartment for like I'll say three months, mm-hmm. but even when I went out there, he was like, yo, cause I was like, yo, you gonna pick me up from, from the Port Authority? He was like, bro, you gotta take a cab out here. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know nobody out here. I gotta take a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so, but it helped me, bro. Yeah. And I'll be honest, man. Cause you know, I never really told this story. I lo- kind of lost my appetite, mm-hmm. you know, from the anxiety, but I was trying to fight it. So then it was this Dominican restaurant. It was a big plate of <laughs> Dominican beans, you know, chicken, cabbage. Cor- I scarfed that down. And even though that was like, it broke my, my, my fast, mm-hmm. I, got, I, be, I, I got like a, a, a surge of balance after that. It was like, okay, <sighs> took a deep breath. I can move forward now. So, so we stayed in a, the apartment. And um, I had to go out and explore the city myself. You know, mm-hmm. I was asking where the open mics is, where the show's at. People would tell me and I would go in and just do my thing. And people was like, who is this dude? 
like everybody was like, yo. And to get love in New York is, is next level. That, yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah. It's like getting love in Detroit, just any yeah. big city. I'm from Lansing, you know what I'm saying? But New York so, is um, a whole different, New York is almost like the, the, the birth. And it's like, and, it, and it's like, I knew when I went out there, I was gonna do my thing just because it's that, it's that it ain't just that confidence, but it's mm -hmm. like, you have a resume already of things you already did leading up to that, you yeah. know? So, uh, it was this event called EO Dub. It's the long shout outs to EO Dub. It's the longest running open mic in uh in New York. Uh, so I went out there and they had this thing called the Challenge of Champions. It was a cipher. Everybody's out there rapping. I went out there and when I started rapping, people just started looking at me like, who? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then this dude named Vice, rest in peace to Vice. He was one of the people who ran EO Dub. He was like, yeah, you need to get in the Challenge of Champions. And the Challenge of Champions is an event where it's like a five round freestyle creative thing you know so i ended up getting second place on that but i was just new you know and then when i got in it again i won but yeah man just got my name known throughout the city different train ciphers different shows and then um it's an artist named homeboy sandman who is a uh global artist now shout out to homeboy sandman um me and him got in this uh talent show called the who's next talent show in manhattan in the meatpacking district uh, 18th ave and fifth street and um, I ended up winning it. Long story short, Hot 97 put it on. Mm -hmm. It was a woman named Miss Jones, who was the radio personality then. And then DJ Envy from The Breakfast Club. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how Charlemagne is to him now. Mm -hmm. That's how he was to uh, Miss Jones. So I got interviewed on Hot 97. And to be honest, when I got in the talent show, I was told that I won it before the finals. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 24, I had a Jay Dilla t-shirt on amongst a lot of people who was, you know, I was trying to represent just for, you know, for Lansing, for Michigan, for, for just real hip hop. So, uh, and Jules Santana performed that. Have you heard of Blind Fury? I haven't, I haven't. Okay, so he was on 106 in part, Battle Shouts of Blind Fury, but he was a part of it as well. So I got interviewed on Hot 97 and I was just like, this is it. So long story short, I performed at Summer Jam, which is the, the biggest hip-hop R&B festival in the world at Giant Stadium. Uh, one of the openers outside for that. Uh, I was on a BT commercial, a lot of stuff. But on the flip side, wow, it was like heartache, man. Because you open it up for all these people, your name's up in lights, but on the flip side, it's not paying, you know? And I released a single on Koch, but I had to wait like a year for that single to come out. So during that whole, and I got a stipend for when I first got signed to them. But from then on, I had to get my own job, man. Man, let me. So let me... imagine you being on a major label. Right. Everywhere you go, people know you won, you know? And they're expecting one thing, but it's the exact other. That was me. Man. Both on a major. Yeah. Let me ask you this that do you think. Me. Do you think like how the industry, not even the industry, do you think how, cause this was, you said you were, you were 24, right? When yeah. It, you were, so that, what, what what year was that? That was like 2000 and what? I think 2006. So we, yeah. 2007, so, 2007. So like at this point, nothing like how it is with, I mean, we had like certain music things, like the music space for independent musicians was not like how it is obviously not how it is now so you do not you think all. like if it was like that back then 
she would be in a different place. Like you would have, you know what I'm saying? Cause I, cause now I'm hearing more stories, you know, about the record industry, the music industry, how it is, you know what I'm saying? And I really yeah, wasn't well, like, go ahead. To be honest, bro. And I'll just keep it real. Like my biggest dilemma was me. Ah, okay. It was anxiety. So I do just enough. And then when it would get too big, I kind of like, be like, Oh, wow. I, I, you know? So even out in New York, I'd be heavy on the scene, then you wouldn't see me, you know? And that was just the, the fear it, of failure. Of it it was, was not fear of failure, the fear of what could happen, you know? If you got like, so, so explain that though. If you get too big, okay. what could happen? Okay. Um, stuff like that. I was just like, so it was that along with just the essentials, like not working a full-time job. You know, because mm -hmm. I got a little taste of some music money. And I worked at BET as a transcriber for BET News. Okay. I worked at CBS as a broadcast associate, New York City Fashion Week as a camera assistant for uh, Fashion Television, which is a Canadian television company. Um, so, Kenneth, when I tasted these glimpses of light, that's what I wanted. So I took that chance when I should have took a step back and just still worked a regular job. Mm -hmm. So pride got in the way too, because it's oh shit, BET, what? Yeah. CBS, yeah. what? But none of that turned into full time work. But in between there, I was working other jobs too. Like it was a place in the trenches of Harlem called Harlem Wing and Waffles. I would never forget, <laughs> man. <laughs> that just sounds like Harlem Wings and Waffles, bro. So yeah. So while I'm and, and to be honest, I went in there like, you know, they was like, nah, put this orange t-shirt on, bro. <laughs> oh, man. So I'm on a major working there. And some people that came in knew me because I was on the BT commercial. It was just, it was all over the place. That's wild, so, man. Yeah, it was all over. But but that's, that's, that's crazy, though, because it's like you were holding yourself back. But yet, <laughs> that was a lot going on in your but head. But it's like God was still like pushing me. But you're right. And I was like, because deep down inside was still all that anxiety, but I had to face it head on. You see? Um, I had to face it head on. So how'd you get over and, it? Um, how'd you get over and push past that? To be honest, so how can I explain it? It just all came to a head, you know? Uh, people thought I was balling. I wasn't. People thought I was on, and I was on to an extent. But it wasn't what they thought, you know. Um, I got behind on my rent, and I never used my degree when I was out there. Those mm. three years was like a blur. I had a degree picking up dust, you know. <laughs> it was just straight up, I'm going after it, you know. Um, but I was like three months behind on rent. And there was this Haitian uh, woman. I forgot her name, but she was so sweet, man. She was like, she saw what I was doing. She saw the Hot 97, all that stuff. She was like, well... I'll give you this ultimatum. If you stay, then I'll put you on a payment plan. If you leave, you won't have to pay what you owe. And I was like, <laughs> but if I left, I would have to move back. I would have to leave. Like, you know, it was because I was calling my family. My sister, like, you can stay with me. Man, I had like four shows on deck. I worked on a project called State like my solidification that was gonna, you know, mm -hmm. I left it all in New York. Man. I didn't tell no one I was leaving. 
Wow. You know, in the in the in the dark of the night, you know, I was out, man. And uh, but I promise you, man, I got on that Greyhound bus. I could literally feel the stress peeling off me. Mm. I could li- like it was like a calm that I ain't felt ever. And then I looked out the window and it was a rainbow. Wow. And it wasn't even raining. It didn't even rain. It was a bright rainbow in the sky. And I felt like God was talking to me, like, even though I'm going through this, I know I'll be all right. Even though I got to go through this, when the smoke clears, you know. So I moved to Minnesota. Had to start life all over. And then all of my friends, a lot of my friends who didn't stop blew up. I was part of a collective of, like, super talented artists. So we was all on our way. Um, a lot of our Grammy Award winners now. And, wow. You know. But but I had to do what I had to do. Yeah. I had to face myself. Man, I moved here and that was and it was embarrassing. Cause you have like five shows lined up. Everybody was online. Where's now? Where's Wow. wow. I was about to deactivate every it was just it was embarrassing. It was stressful. It was depressing. and it was and it was like, how did this happen? Felt like I was in a wilderness, you know? So I moved here, stayed with my sister, and you go from opening up for Raekwon and most deaf and Talib Kweli and Somerset with DJ Premier and DJ Scratch and BET and CB all this stuff to working as a paraprofessional. <laughs> no, wow. before paraprofessional, the front desk of a community center. Man. Only two days out the week. And you're a college graduate. And I'm getting calls left and right to my homies who knew. It's like, why did you move, man? You could have blew up, man. You was this. It was one person. He's a background singer for John Legend. Uh, shout out to Chris Robb. But he was like, man, bro, like, you should have stayed, man. He was like, it's times where I was really struggling, but I was still on stage playing piano with Stevie Wonder. But then I'd go back to a struggle, and I was just. And it was a woman I was talking to while I was out there. She said I could stay with her. <laughs> I was like. Man, you're like, nah. Yeah, yeah dude. Man. Yeah, it was just, I didn't want to be no burden. Yeah, um, yeah. It was tough. Man, and then you're watching your friends. They're starting they, to get they start right at the same time. So you, so you, you, so you feel like it was God saying, "You got to start yeah, over." Bro. Yeah, totally, man. It, it took some time, but I was just in solitude. I didn't want to be seen, man, because it, it was embarrassing. Because yeah, you know, so I'm listening to. I'm be real, man. It's a couple of projects I listen to that help me get through it. So like, it's a song called Clocks. By Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Um, just got to hear what he's talking about in it, man. And Sade, I was talking a lot of Sade. <laughs> I got to man, know Sade very well. Man. <laughs> I was down, man. Uh, so but, you were down, but you were still, were you still writing? Were you still thinking about no, music? You just, writing. everything. You just, I wrote a wow. couple rhymes about the situation. I still have them. I look back at them now, like, wow. But I was like, I'm done with music forever. Cause that, and that's when I saw it, like when you started back on Facebook, I was like, wait, what did he yeah. do? Cause you, I think at that time, I think you were doing, um, I think when I saw you on Facebook again, you were, uh, teaching, I believe yeah. you were teaching and yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. You're not doing no music. Yeah. Like, yeah. and then it just, for I a while. Like, I'm done, man. For like six years, I started rapping. Six years. So man. Every time I think about it, it works. Hurt to even think, you know, because 
you were in New York. Right. Everything you could, and I did a lot of things very fast in New York. Yeah. It, it, you know, and then poof, it's gone. So the comeback, like how, how difficult. So what, what, what was it that made you say, okay, I'm gonna come back to music? Well, music and art has always been a part of me. Mm-hmm. So I started teaching with the curriculum right before I moved from New York called the Hip Hop Project. Shout out to Chris Kazirole, the uh, founder of that. And I made the most money through that. Out of all this major label stuff, I actually made the most money from teaching. Wow. So when I moved here, I said, I'm going to start my own curriculum. So uh, I started teaching it after school at a place called Sojourner Truth Academy. And so I'm teaching these kids about songwriting. And then I made my own um, outline inquiry, sent it out to a couple more places. Got hired at the Poise Youth Program at the University of Minnesota. I'm still mad. I'm still, you know, it's, it's like licking my chops, but I got to go forward. So fighting it, but still moving forward. And I just gave in, like, you know, if I never go back to doing music, if I'm just this is cool. I mean, you know, I didn't want it anyway, you know, like mm-hmm. how I always, mm-hmm. you know, I'd make that excuse. But, um, then it was this open mic called the blue. Now I started going to, and I go up and perform and everybody, this is the dude who was on a major label. Mm-hmm. So of course, if you perform somewhere, it's like who is like what, you know, so people were like showing love, but then I think about what could have been mm-hmm. right after I perform and get love. Oh, but then, so, I was asked if I could become the next host at the Blue Now. And this is the longest running urban open mic in the state of Minnesota. And I was like, I don't host stuff like that, man. You know? But I was like, let me do it. So I did it. And then I started getting my mojo back, meeting all the artists in the state of Minnesota who was the best, you know, from the soul artist, R&B, hip-hop. And then I started teaching the kids more. And then that brought me back to my essence. When I was in New York, I feel like I got caught up in just wanting to be that dude, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what it ever is. And that's not who I, who I am, who I ever was, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I moved here, it humbled me. And that humility, it, it filtered out in the way that I was maturing. So when I was teaching the kids, I got solace from that. I got peace from that. You know, and I was like, if I never go back to music, it's all good because this is who I really am. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so. Um, and then that started to build and grow. I started teaching in different places. Then I started teaching at the high school for recording arts as a uh, youth advisor. And then I started my own curriculum, hip hop history for the arts. And it okay. just took a life of its own. But then after that, I started a company called the Avant Garde, yep. um, where I put on concerts, curated events that features artists from all around the Twin Cities. And that opened up doors to uh, like host events that Music Soul Child was, was So let's in. check out, let's, I got some footage, man. Let's check out some footage of the Emma yes. Guard, man, while you talk about it real quick. Um, yeah. As, uh, as we see right here, hold on, let me pull it up for you real quick. All right, so we got some footage of uh, Avant Garde, man. So talk yeah. about it right now. What, what, we, what are we looking at right now? So the Avant-Garde is a music, arts, entertainment production company that I started in 2015. And it's my passion. It is my absolute love, which is music. And the art forms of neo-soul, classic R&B, if it's hip-hop, it's hip-hop with substance, spoken word poetry, just black music that represents 
um, like the bright side of the coin of who we are. I think of the Harlem Renaissance, you know, from Miles Davis to Billie Holiday, all the way up to the time we came up in the 80s, you know, artists like like Nas when he first came out, or Queen Latifah to the 90s, to the 2000s. And it's like, if I ever had an opportunity to um, have my own avenue, my own philosophy of music put to the surface, this is what I want, would want it to be. And uh, the avant-garde in French means bringing new and unusual elements um, to the world, cutting edge, being the mm -hmm. first up. And I've always uh, proud, prided myself on originality so it was like, how can I have something that is original, but that emulates the people before me that keeps that tradition of incredible black music um, and way of life alive? And that was the avant-garde. I did my first show. It was sold out. And then a, a woman named Ashley DuBose, who was featured on The Voice, um, approached me. She's from St. Paul, Minnesota. And she mm -hmm. was like, I want you to put on my album release party for my album, Be You. So I did that. And then I, it took a life of its own. Uh, Minnesota all across the Twin Cities yeah I was about to say Minnesota has like a rich music history that I didn't definitely yeah. I didn't know I, yeah, I think well, I went there it's a museum there I believe I was I was there I believe was it Minnesota I'm, I hope I'm not getting mixed up with Seattle but I think it's Minnesota it was a museum and it had like Jimmy Hendrix guitar in there and, and, and it's all kind of stuff mm -hmm. I believe it was in Minnesota but Prince I mean obviously so, man we got Prince that that that's from there so you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I didn't know that the music history in in Minnesota was so rich. Oh, man, it's deep. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, man, yeah. they were some of the biggest producers in the 80s and the 90s, you know, from Janet Jackson to so many other different artists. Then you got Prince, you have Morris Day at the time. Mm -hmm. So the 80s was a revolution of music, of art within Minneapolis that Prince led, and then it just spread all around the world. So, and I knew that, like when Purple Rain came out, my yeah. mom put us up on that, yeah. you know? So coming out, and I always had family who lived out there. That's why I ended up moving here. Okay. So our, it's incredible talent here, here man. So I went with U.S. Bank, uh, Target Corporation. Yeah, oh yeah, so many corporations out there, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I've been able to, through their diversity and inclusion, I've been able to uh, do some present some events and even theater shows um, through the avant-garde. So, wow. um, but wow. then after starting the avant-garde, it was like, now I want to get back to doing music. Cause I was seeing all these rappers here do it, you know? Man. And I'm like, man, I'd be at these shows. Like, oh my gosh. Cause now I, my mojo's back. So mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I want to step on that stage. Right. So, um, but I was like, if I get back to doing it, I got to really, really do it. So I, I took a step back from hosting and I just started writing and just releasing random songs. Cause I didn't want to be seen. I wanted to be heard so people can know how I sound. Yeah. And, and I didn't, I started becoming being seen as like, you know, a concert curator mm -hmm. opposed to an MC, you know? And it was like, Oh no. So I, I got to take the suit off, put the Tim's back on, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. put the hoodie back on, you know, and get it in. So, yep. um, so the first big show was uh rock him. Wow. Oh, I think I remember seeing you post. Yeah. Post about that. Yep. Yeah. So, but I co-produced that show through the avant-garde. Um, but then most Def came to town. I got hit up to open up for him. And then Raekwon. And then Camp Blow. And then Grandmaster Cass, Slick Rick. All these artists who I looked up to. Man. So it was like it never. So, 
it never left. It was like you, you, you it, it's, it's, it, dude, it it's came a back. Switch to me, man. I just, to be honest, I was after six bored. years, I had to get out of my own way, bro. It was man. like, but I had to, you know, you ain't been on the court in a minute. You throw up a shot, it's a brick, your, your, your elbow hurting because you ain't been shooting. But it's almost so, like, but seeing that, like all the people you looked up to come in and like you're opening, mm-hmm. and they come in and you, it's, it's what you say. I mean, this is the route that you were supposed to go, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the end, but it's like my lifestyle now matches me, you know? Yes. Like, I'm a simple man. I'm not the dude that's out there wilding. I didn't need to be. That's always who I've been. So it's like, but I've always had this universal talent. So when it came to a head, it was like, do I want it? Don't I want it? So I had to take a step back and kind of figure out a way to create a lifestyle that's comfortable to me because it's right. one thing being seen, but some people be going home to hell because they don't really want that. Right. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And so I had to make a decision. I don't want to be under nobody else's control, man. I can't, yeah. you know, yeah. being on a label, being told what that's not even me, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to be able to create under my own umbrella. So if mm-hmm. I want to provide opportunities for others, it's yeah. pure. Yeah. It's not yeah. contaminated because it's mm-hmm. come from me. Mm-hmm. And my heart is pure with what I with what I create, and this whole thing with what I do is about cultivation. It's mm-hmm. about um, innovation. You know, it's about uplift. It's about who we truly are as as a people. You know, because that's how I've always envisioned us. You know, like when they tell me, y'all are negative. Like, nah, you know, we 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 come from kings and queens. It's so many black people throughout history who have been innovators amongst the most treacherous things ever. So. That's what I want my legacy to carry on, you know? And um, so, yeah. So I just pulled up the album, man. So now you got the, you got a new album, man, To Remain. So yeah. talk about this album. And then we're going gonna, we're gonna to watch it. Um, yeah, you got to let me let me uh, move this out the way real oh, quick. Oh, no, let no. Keep it. that up there. <laughs> you got the real promo. thing up there. Get this double promo. <laughs> right, right, right. So to remain, man, like, and so we're going to listen to a, a a single off. This is um, Reassure uh, My Soul is on this album, yeah. right? So we're going to yeah. listen to a clip uh, from um, the album. We're going to watch a music video, actually, uh, like about a couple seconds of it. And then we're going to come back yeah. and talk about the album. So let's yeah. check out this single, Reassure My Soul. Here yes. we go. Some people held hostage out of nowhere. Some people are paralyzed from car crashes. Some people are innocent bystanders who died from a crossfire. No fair. Do you know how blessed you actually are? Some people live in neighborhoods with bombs dropped by drones there. While you complain about the ghetto in third world countries, it's on a much higher level, so don't even go there. Do you know how blessed you actually are? Some people born with no limbs, imagine that. Some people depressed with no friends, contemplating to bless the gap that they fall here. Some people's families left them full dead. Do you know how blessed you actually are? Some people's pain is unbearable. They truly wish that they were you because you have a brain, two eyes, and a body that's working perfectly, which means you have the So, man, talk about this, this single right here, and let's talk about the album, man. Chad is back. <laughs> back, man. <laughs> right, right. It just shows that, you know, art art never dies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, this song, Reassure My Soul, is about understanding how blessed 
you actually are. It's one thing understanding how blessed you are, but when you add that word actually, it makes you look at each and everything from A to Z. And um, I think in life, so many people forget just how blessed they are when it comes down to just the simple things. Like my thing is like breathing is the most expensive currency. I mean, of course we want to be rich. We want to go after it and, and we should, we should go after it if we make money um, with dignity, you know? Um, but breathing is the most expensive currency. So if I focus on just breathing being the most expensive thing, I'm going to always feel rich. You know, uh, food is a privilege. People now uh, who starving right now, and it's like you hear it, but when you actualize it, you picture yourself in that position. And it's like to have food in a refrigerator, to be breathing, to have my four limbs. Um, there's people who's born with no limbs, there's people who's born blind. And so it's not about I'm blessed, but it's about having empathy for the people that don't, keeping them in your prayers, keeping them in your thoughts, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I made that song two and a half years ago. I released this album two years ago. But looking at the times we're in now, it's the perfect time to release it. You don't know what people are thinking. Uh, you have the pandemic. You have all of this unrest. You have all of this racial stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Crime is up. Record numbers everywhere. People leaving this earth at record numbers we've never seen before to the point where the word death is it's actually numb when, when, like no because it's happening so much yeah, yeah. people are just giving yeah. up like i have to remind myself to be humane every day you know i have to remember that that's how bad it is because you can easily become numb i won't mm -hmm. let that happen to me mm -hmm. right so it's asking the listener do you know how blessed you actually are you're blessed beyond measure you have a brain two eyes and a body that's working perfectly which means you have the tools to be worry free so use them, man. I love it, man. I love it. And I, yeah, and I was going to ask you because, um, I remember seeing the artwork. I remember seeing like that album before, but I know you were, like you said, you were dropping songs, you were dropping pieces. And so when I saw it, I'm like, you know, yeah. it's new, but I, I, it seems so familiar, but I, so, so you, so what made you, like you say, the timing now is the perfect time to release it. So you were, um, why didn't you release it two years ago? It's funny. I was told I should, but I released my first single the time is now. And I, yeah. And that was me facing myself, all the anxiety, all the fear, all, all of the words. All I was hiding from when it came down to just facing it all in order to reach my destiny, that song was personal. Mm, you know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it's like regrets and tears, but I'm not going back no more. Anxieties and fears, they will not hold me back no more. I have a light I've been holding in. It's time for me to let it glow. I will not go my whole life without letting the genius in me show. That line right there is what it was. Like, don't go your whole life without letting the genius in you show. Because mm. so many people do. So yes. that was the first one. Then the second yeah. one. Was I remember that one. I remember that. I remember the time is now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then Cold Wire was the second one. That was just like, hold up. I know I'm on all this motivation yeah. and stuff. But now I really get it in. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, this is on some battle, mystique, you know, swagger, bragging up. Like, all of that, that MC talk. That, that talk that talk song, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So, and then after that, um, reassure my soul. I knew that would be the next one. I just didn't know when. And my thing is, because I came out with this album two years ago, but I'm going to continue to push it. Independent artists, they release projects and it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's been like three months, you know. Um, I mean, I had some people support it, but, you know, not as many as I thought. But it's like, nah, man. Nah, you, you got to keep your yeah. time into that. Yeah. You put your mind into that. You put your money in. Nah, man, nah, man. Yeah. Nope, I'm still, because when you release this, it's like a credit card. Not yeah. a credit card, but a business card. You know? Yeah, yeah. Forever, you know? And it's a full album, man. It's like, you know, like, I put like a lot into this, man. So I'm working on some new stuff, but I'm going to continue to push this project. Man. Yeah, no, for real. You know? And then it's yeah. like, and I want to tell every independent artist, man, if you had something you had out three years ago, read put it back shit. out. Yeah. You know, don't let the world stop you from what you put your it's mind It's the same with film, man. It's the same yeah. with film. I went through the same thing with my first film. Like, my feature, it came out in 2018, released it. Then 2019, mm -hmm. pushing, pushing, pushing. But I was like, and my wife was like, nah, you got to stop with that mindset. My, I was like, yo, people getting sick of hearing me talk about this movie. Like, and so in yeah. my head, but, but when you think about it, yo, it's like, what, four, five, six billion people in the world? Billions? Yeah. So it's like, I'm saying maybe Plus a couple. you put everything into it. You put everything in. So it's like, yo, everybody ain't seen this joint. So like, of it's a product. It's a product. Yeah. And so it needs to continue to be pushed. And so, but you, we, get, we get caught up, like thinking about what other people thinking or like, well, you know, I want to move yeah. on to something new. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And so yeah. um, it's the same thing, man. I went through that. And, and um but it's still going, man. You know, it's it's still going. Yeah. You know, just like yeah. with, and so that's why I'm like, I, but but so when I was asked, so I was asking like, well, and you said you didn't put it out because again, but you're past all that now. You passed the yeah, anxiety. Oh, yeah, yeah, you passed yeah, yeah. the fear. Oh, yeah, I was gonna like, say too, like my mom passed away. And uh, wait, 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 wait here. She passed away. Uh, it's a 2020, 2013. Okay. Yeah. So when that happened, I was like, oh, nah, man. Yeah. Nah, I'm going, nah, yo. Like, and then it made me feel like I should have got to it sooner. Yeah. Could have seen it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, she knows that her baby yeah. did as much as he could to make her happy. Because everything that I did was to show her side of herself that she wasn't able to be introduced to because of the conditions that yeah. she uh, was in coming up and that we was a, a subject of, you know? So, um, yeah, when she passed, it was like, nah, man, I'm yeah. going in, period. Gonna, yeah. And, um, yeah. And what about, what about your dad, man? man? Like, an artist, he was like, man, if you get back to it, four months tops, you'll be right with it. He was like, <laughs> he was right. But it's a, a long way to go. What about my dad, though? So, so your dad, like, um, he's heard the new music, and he's, is he, um, are you guys, like, talking more? Have you, you never broke well, that, like, like the, 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 men, not, not so much the mending yeah, of the relationship, yeah, but the development of the built, relationship? We built, a, we built a great relationship, man. Okay. A great relationship, yeah, man. Because, like I said, I know that father, that mother. Yeah. Has always been um, my M.O., you know? Treat my mom like a queen. Treat my father like a king, regardless. And um, so, he, does he have any appearances on the album? No, he doesn't. I okay. say his name though. I said, um, 
My pops is from the bebop era, a bass player from gigging with Thelonious Monk to Symphony Orchestra Trump. So it's in my genes to be great hater. I create my own lanes. I don't take favors. Yeah, so. And if you see my cold fire video, it's a part where the camera zooms in and it shows that picture of my dad playing with Thelonious oh, Monk. Oh, wow. And it has okay. an arrow on Thelonious Monk and an arrow on my father. So, uh, wow. but no, shout outs to Dr. Sam Gill, my, my dad. Yeah, man. Heavy man. cat, man. Incredible, man. man, this has been great, bro. For real, man. It's like, Thank again, you. like it's been insightful because, you know, we like I said, we we talked in college. We would, you know, once when we ran into each other, we would talk as always yeah. like, like cool conversations. But I didn't, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And then afterwards, you know, we all graduate, went our own separate ways. And so, you yeah. know, this yeah. has been man insightful. This is incredible, man. This is makes me even a bigger fan yeah, of oh, you, man. bro. And, and Kenneth, man, you have no clue, man. Everything you've been able to accomplish, man. Without sincerely, Brenda. Oh my gosh, that whole movement's incredible. Shout outs oh, to ET, Eric Thomas. You know. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I was right there when Eric was doing the motivational speeches. Yeah. And, uh, at uh, uh, the union in the basement. Yep. yep. You know? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. CJ, yeah. Right? Yep. I used to yep. work with CJ back in the wow. day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Man. So um, so to see where Eric and then to see you working with him was like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, this dude is exactly where he's supposed to be. Man. And then you know when you started doing your thing and your avenue, it's like it's, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. And man. I'm a very nostalgic-minded person, so I appreciate you know, it. I always think of them, them, them college days and. You know, us clowning and you know what I'm saying? That'll man. always be a yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah. No, man, I appreciate it, man. It's good to see you doing your thing, man. And like good to you, you sticking with it, man. And grow and not just doing it, but now like you said, you're doing it your way. Like you are giving back, you're teaching, yeah. like you create opportunities for others to come up with platforms, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes. And and I have something big coming up. Can I announce it right here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so um it's a song called Superhero. Old to Chadwick Bozeman that um, I um, put together with a Grammy Award winning producer and trumpet player named Nabate Isles out of New York City. Um, he is, remember I said my friends won Grammys? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I moved, he's one of them. So, uh, but, so he's worked with Jill Scott, uh, Most Death, Fantasia, um, so many artists, man. Christian McBride, that's who he's won his Grammy Award with. And then it's a singer out of Detroit. You from the D, if you can look her up, man. Uh, her name is Beth Griffith Manley. She was featured on The Voice. She was a finalist on The Voice on Team John Legend. Went on tour with Anita Baker. Worked as a stunt double as Whitney Houston. Uh, wow. The movie, I think, Sparkle. She's done so much. She's like Detroit R&B soul royalty, like an OG, wow. you know? Wow. Um, and I hosted a virtual release party for her, a song called You Already Won for that video release. And um, when we made the record, we needed a, a singer. And I was like, yo, let's call her Beth. Cause Beth is incredible. She just has that, just the talent and that voice. And you know, she's gonna nail it. And she did it. So yeah, it's dropping November 27th. And it's an ode to Chadwick Boseman. Man. Called Superheroes. Yes, man. And um, you know, my name's Chadwick. I didn't think there was another brother in the world named Chadwick <laughs> until I saw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, and, this, um, he's he's a role model. He is, man. That's so so unfortunate, man. It's it's so. Yeah, so when he passed, yeah, you know, he I, was just he was so just getting up, started too, man. This was crazy. He was just getting started. Incredible. Yeah. Everything and, about this brother, absolutely. And it's great because his last few roles, 
were like you could see you're like okay yeah this dude he's he had the talent black panther is you know what i'm saying but to see him in um what i just saw, I saw him in defy blood spike lee's movie and then yeah. now my my rainy's black bottom my he's Rain, got yeah. he's got like my, nominated for i don't know what the war yeah. is but yep. it's like and i'm like he was he was like on his way but you know what i'm saying totally Yes, yes, yes. So uh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, and just how he carried himself. And man, know? so humble, humility, and like Super just humble. yeah, as man. Big as he was, yeah. You know, visiting different people who had disabilities. Yeah. He he always brought up like the people he looked up to in every interview. So yeah. Super humble. Yeah, man. So man, this is the least I could do. I cannot wait till it comes. Man, out. I can't wait. You said November twenty seventh. November twenty seventh. Yes, yeah, called Superhero. And it's gonna yeah. drop on. You dropping it? Where's it gonna be dropping at? Oh, it's all on all digital music platforms. Okay. Spotify, yeah, okay. Tidal, Bandcamp, everywhere. Yeah. And we have uh, a couple of plans with it too. Okay. As far as some of the half the proceeds going towards a uh, cancer awareness program to bring awareness to brothers, yeah. you know, because yeah. that's what he passed of, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we want to bring awareness to that to make sure that as many brothers as possible. Um, are just aware of our health, you know, special colorectal cancer, you know, yeah. a lot of brothers are, are, are leaving this earth as a result of it, yeah. you know, yeah. so yeah. Um, just bringing awareness. So as much as it's a song, you know, it's a message in, in it as well, you know, man. so yeah, superhero. I can't man. wait to hear it too, bro. Oh man, I can't <laughs> wait to hear it, bro. I can't wait to hear it, man. Y'all look, man, uh, we, and we yeah. got to talk offline too, man, because, you know, like I said, music and film for me, man, it's just like, they go hand in hand like and so i definitely i'm always looking for um music for my projects and i got one you know like we could talk offline but i, oh, I definitely oh, totally man. yeah 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 yeah, man. yeah let, let's oh yeah talk, man. yeah bro no man like i appreciate you coming on taking the time i know you've been busy um where can people um pick up the album where can they buy the album and support you man anyone can't follow you with social media platforms and all so um on Instagram is at Niles Got You at N I L E S G O T Y O U. On Facebook, I'm Chadwick Niles Phillips, C H A D W I C K N I L E S P H I L L I P S. I have a website, www.theavantgardeis.com. That's www.theavantgardeis.com. And my album, To Remain. It's out on all digital music platforms. You can search for it anywhere. Put in Niles to remain and you will find it. Or if you want to inbox me <laughs> for the physical copy, I could uh, send it to you. You can get all a right. signature on it too. And I'm going to put all that information in our show notes so you guys can uh, go and support this brother, thank man. Like, and I appreciate Kenneth, you, bro. Thank you so much. You're my uh, brother, man. Much man. love to you, your thank sister, you. your fam. Thank you, bro. For real, man. Thank you. Love. I appreciate Shout you, man. Shout out to Sean Vaughn, too. Bro. Yes, yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, I remember you saying that, yeah, like, oh, yeah. That's, that's really, you Sean is my guy. Yo. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yep, he got a new project coming out. He's been posting about it, Meeting wow. Boom. So, you know, with, some, with an um, amazing filmmaker out of Detroit, man. She, she's amazing, so, um, Paige. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, man. Um, so, thank you, thank you, thank you, bro. Appreciate you, man. You and too. you all listening, thank you for tech listening. Um, subscribe to the podcast and rate the podcast. It helps me out. It helps me get this podcast out to as many people as possible. Um, so subscribe and rate on Apple Podcasts and uh, see you all next week.